episode you're gonna love it dave lagana vice president of nwa the new nwa and lightning one so gonna get to talk to my old friend dave lagana who i have a long history with no dave a long time we worked together um in wwe uh closely we worked together closely at, at tna uh jeez i mean you know especially during those wwe wwe years spent a ton of time working together especially with the smackdown edit the voiceover edit that michael cole and i would do so uh dave and i catch up and i really think you guys are gonna fucking love this conversation seriously because it brings you from well i'll get into that in a second but it brings you up to current from old school to current but you know i want to thank you guys obviously for downloading this episode uh, and any previous episodes at radio.com or on the app on radio.com or at Apple Podcasts, very much appreciated. And, uh, you know, as usual, you guys give nothing but love, and I appreciate that so much. So, um, uh, and I'll get into talk a little bit more before we go to the actual conversation with uh, myself and uh, Dave, because, uh, I, you know, I've had a lot of guests on the show. This This was one of the uh, one of the more fun deals uh, that that we that we did here. So and and just I, I literally just hung up with him probably 15 minutes ago. So uh, it was uh, awesome. I'm recording this front end of it beforehand. So uh, obviously, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to it, right? If it was on the front end, you wouldn't be listening to that. If it was on the back end, right? Uh, hey, the Taz Show is supported by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, introducing their all new rate shield approval. If you're in the market to buy a home, Quicken Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. To get started, please go to rocketmortgage.com slash TAZ. That's rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply, guys. Based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records, equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states, NMLSConsumerAccess.org number 3030. And that's my good friends at Rocket Mortgage. So as I was saying about Dave Lagana, uh, which will you'll hear that chat here in a few seconds. Yeah, man, we like I said, we had a long history, spent a lot of time in that SmackDown edit in Stanford, Connecticut, the WWE TV production studio, late nights, myself, Michael Cole, some of the production guys. Uh, we all just hang around, spitball, come up with different ideas, and then Dave and I would always pair off in the writer's room, sit down, talk, and come up with some different shit, and Dave, always very creative guy, and uh, the stuff he did in TNA was excellent, and along with Matt Conway, who you hear him talk a lot about. Matt was another key writer for TNA uh, during the whole Dixie Carter years and whatnot, but um, uh, the cool thing with this conversation with Dave 
is we really segue and flow into what he's doing now with Billy Corgan and the NWA. So it's very cool, and especially with the success of the all-in pay-per-view and the awesome match and the awesome victory for the new champion, new NWA champion, Cody Rhodes. Cody, uh, and he was victorious over Nick Aldis, formerly known as Magnus, uh, another great, great, amazing performer and wrestler. And you guys heard me the other day on this podcast here on the Taz Show talking about how the NWA title is not good for wrestling, but it's great for wrestling. And uh, you're going to hear a lot of details about the NWA, the rebirth of it, the um, the thoughts behind it with Billy Corgan and, and Dave, their thought process and everything, and where they want to go with it in the future, potentially what they're doing with this awesome YouTube channel that they have where they do their 10, 10 Pounds of Gold series on there. I urge you to go subscribe. Um, it's just called NWA. It's awesome. It's really, really good shit um, for any wrestling fan. At the, and, and Dave Lagana does all the production on it. He does everything on it, the editing, everything, the creative behind it. He's the fucking man. So uh, it's really, really a cool conversation. I'm very excited, uh, the convo we had. Um, hey, hey, guys, if you or someone you know is concerned about a veteran, please call the Veterans Crisis Line. Confidential support is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for veterans and their families. Simply dial 800-273-8255 and press the number one, or use the online chat function on veteranscrisisline.net, or you can text 838-255. The Veterans Crisis Line is available to all veterans, even those not enrolled in VA healthcare. So, guys, uh, please visit VeteransCrisisLine.net to learn more about recognizing signs of crisis, warning signs of suicide, and how to respond to a veteran loved one in crisis. Again, 800-273-8255. Press the number 1 or use the online chat function, VeteransCrisisLine.net, or text 838-255. So, um, as I was saying, so this conversation with Dave Lagana was awesome. Let me not waste any more time. Let's just, you know, like flow with this thing here. We'll go to break real quick, come back from break. I'll have Dave Lagana and myself talking it up, chopping it up, fucking spitballing for a good hour. I'm fucking around here. So uh, enjoy. Right back, Tasha. Jobbers, we're back here on the Taz Show, and as promised, my old friend, my good friend, well, he's the vice president of NWA and Lightning One. They call him Dave, I call him Lagana. Dave Lagana, ladies and gentlemen. Dave, what's going on, brother? You've called me many things. Lagana is <laughs> definitely one of them. <laughs> what's going on, man? Nothing, uh, man. I, I, the other day, I shared the famous uh, Blues Clues um, <laughs> Vince McMahon segment, which you really kind of didn't love me until that day. That was the day I think you finally tolerated. Secretly, me. I loved you. I just I had to pull off the tough Taz exterior. You know, it's Michael. I've never Cole seen Cole. that. It's Michael Cole. I've never seen that. Heal Michael Cole. Remember Heal Michael Cole started on the plane. The real That'd heel, real. Michael Cole. People don't know. You know, and I know. Many of us don't behind the scenes. He's a heel. <laughs> heel Michael Cole started by Brian Gewertz on on many a plane flight oh home God. from uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Dude, ah, uh, and Kid Rock blasting, but that's a whole nother story. 
I think they like Kid Rock a little bit. You think? <laughs> so, dude, it's got to be a whirlwind. I mean, like, we could go on and on for, for hours and just talk about your career and all you've done in the business. And even outside, uh, for, for most, that don't, most that do know, right, all your years of writing for WWE, you and I got to know each other when you were writing SmackDown. And just as a writer in WWE, we got to know each other. And your time in TNA, now obviously stuff you're doing with NWA. But before wrestling... Uh, a lot of people might not know like how you broke in. So why don't you tell your story real quick? Let let people know like your whole gimmick from before wrestling. Uh, my very first uh, job in pro wrestling was, and I th- you actually have this tape somewhere in my parents' basement, which sounds worse than it is. Uh, I worked the ECW, the first fan convention, which ECW Cyber Slam. I don't. You were very angry at it, but you were. Uh, you were very angry. It was 1995. Remember Tom Misnick, Mr. ECW? I, I he did, yes. I probably didn't like um, him either. I didn't like many people. You, you didn't like anybody, uh, but it's fine. You made money doing it. I so, did, I did. you know, I I sold a, uh, the fair, not the first, but one the first ECW shoot tape uh, in 95, which is that famous clip of Heyman talking about Mike Monday Nitro not working, mm. which was hilarious. I remember And that. from that one. And they, they actually ended up in the ECW DVD, and I think Paul's. Uh, and it was the first thing I ever did in wrestling, but I also, I remember, uh, I had been in contact with Ron or Charlie, one of them about maybe working for ECW when I got out of college. My parents were like, no, we didn't spend a hundred grand for you to work in wrestling. So I went to Hollywood and I worked on a bunch of different stuff, including a little show called friends that yep. some people may or may not have seen. What's weird is, is like people's like, oh, my kids have discovered friends on Netflix and they love you now. I'm like, well, great. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I worked on friends when I was 24, was not ready for the job. And, uh, I was on the, I was on the staff for a year and then I bounced around. I worked for a guy named Vic Levin who produced mad about you. And I worked with Jason Alexander, who I always joke would play Taz in a, in the, the, ver- the real version of Taz's life. If Jason was jacked, ah, you guys are very similar. Really? That's um, interesting. Okay. Personality wise, like the, the non towel wearing one, you guys are actually very similar. I remember you and I talked I've about been a huge fan of his for years. I think he's awesome. He's, he's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you and I talked about the, the sitcom of your life. You know, yeah. you're friends with Kevin James, but I think Jason Alexander would play you. I think it would be hilarious. Dude, I got to be taller. Uh, I'm definitely taller than him, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a half an inch. But it depends <laughs> if you get your hair cut like you did today. So, yeah, that's right. Um, and then I, I Jason Alexander is actually part of my wrestling story. I was working on a show called Bob Patterson that our our debut date was 9-12-2001. Um, we did not air that day, obviously, based upon the tragedies of 9-11. And the show never really got off the ground. And we were canceled November 1st of that year. And that the day that I got home from the day we were canceled, I had a letter in my mailbox from Jen Eunuch. You remember her? Stephanie's old assistant. I do. Yes. Then you said that. I'm like, wow, I know that name. There it is. Yeah. Jen, Jen Eunuch, yep. uh, which is, was her real name. Actually, I think it was her married name, which I don't know why we she call that it. her shoot name inside the terms. We use wrestling inside terms. Yes. Yes. It was definitely not a work. That was her shoot name and about interviewing with Stephanie. Yes. And I, I started on uh, at No Way Out 20, 2002. Um, I think you were in a tag team title match. I think you were on that show, and I remember probably you lost the, the tag. Just pop a night and did the job. That's probably what yeah. happened. Your, your, your WWE career in, in in one sentence. Um, Thanks, Dave. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, I didn't book it. I only booked a little bit of it. Um, but it falls all Brian's fault. So it's definitely Brian's fault. <laughs> no. he, he will take none of it. Um, and 
and I, I, yeah, I remember you lost the tag team titles, the the famous SmackDown where we were there shooting pre tapes until three a.m. It was like my first SmackDown. I was like, what are we? What am I doing with my life, dude? Remember that one that were Steve? Oh, yes, Rockford, yep. Rockford, Illinois. Rockford, Michael Illinois. Hayes, yep. Rock, uh, Michael Hayes and Bruce Pritchard tried to leave me at a gas station. The problem, they ran into the car like like he he will leave the new guy. Yeah. I had the keys to the car. <laughs> what a bad rib. <laughs> yeah, so it's fine. Uh, oh, there's so been so many. Geez, we had like all those TVs. Like we've all you know, you and I, me, Michael Cole, you, uh, Brian, Ed Kosky. You know, just all, that writing team was. You know, Michael Hay. I mean, it was. It was. You guys were. You guys were fun to be around. You guys were. I mean. I mean, if I was a wrestler then, I would have hated all your guts. Um, but as a broadcaster, I loved you. <laughs> yeah, we, we had fun, you know, you, me, and Paul doing SmackDown edits. And then, Sorry, I forgot about that. Um, that was- and then it was you and me for and Cole. I remember that we had the fam- – like, remember we spent a New Year's Eve together calling a show? I'm like, why are we here? Why is this happening? Well, you'd always do that. You'd always go into yeah. those pondering Dave Lagana moments where yeah. you would just make everyone mad because you were making sense. And it was like, yeah, Dave's right. That's – why are we here? Why, why why didn't we do this at 10 o'clock in the morning? Why are we here at 7.30 on New Year's Eve night? Okay. Uh, so. No, we did have a lot of laughs. We did. I mean, I you know, I, I cover a, a ton of shit on the podcast there, right? And, and I pull back the curtain a lot, but I don't, you know, say where the bodies are buried, obviously. But And I haven't talked enough about a lot of the fun, like with you guys. And I say you guys, the writers. you Because know, now I, I don't know how many writers there are now. It's like a whole different crew there, right? Dave, you know, Dave Kapoor, well, Koski's still Kapoor, there. Kapoor and Koski are still there. And I think that's it. Because after I had left, the the little guy that's in all the pre-tapes, I, I don't know his name. I don't know right? his But name. he's been there for like 10 years or longer now. So like, But everybody else is pretty much gone. Like yeah. Bloodsworth is gone, and uh, um, all the other ones are gone. Now, too, we, so. I'm telling you, it was uh, you guys had a hell of a crew, and I remember. And before we get talking about everything, what what all in and the NWA, and what you and Billy uh, you, and the stuff you guys are doing, and what you've been doing, and all that stuff, and from everything to to Nick Aldis, you know, Magnus, uh, to Magnus, to Tim Storm, I want to get to all this stuff. But before that, like you know, during like WWE stuff when you were writing, right, bro? I mean. I've talked about this a little bit here on my podcast, right? But I want you to give a little more. You, you lived it more than me in regards to when the brand split happened and it was a, a SmackDown writing team and a Ross writing team. And and I've talked about how truly it was that Vince uh, and, the, and the other powers that be wanted that kayfabe gimmick where you guys were like on two different pages. It was like really two different teams, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, we... Uh... The real sp- and it's really cool now that the network exists because uh, now people can literally go back and watch the the teams split. There was a pair of Canadian TVs in like May of two thousand two, so I, I, all I remember was like something with Edge and Jericho and maybe a cage. Like that was like the end of May of two thousand two was when the teams split. Like you had already been split over. Like you and Cole yes. were the announcers. And, yep. You know, I remember the the fight to get you guys to be able to call. Like it's it was so insane of the uphill battle of SmackDown and and it was I think it was Heyman and I and Bruce no it was Heyman and I and Michael Hayes were the, the original SmackDown team and um, like they have been known to do Michael and Paul did not get along and I had to play uh, mediator many a time with the two of them so eventually Bruce got switched I think by August of that year it did not last long right uh, but but the, I mean it was always it was you me. Uh, 
Heyman and like that was the team forever. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, you were as much involved sitting around bullshit. Bull, you say bullshitting is the word. Bullshitting. Okay. You could say I, that. I was. I've done a lot of interviews in the last week, and I can never remember what I should. This is not said. an interview, Dave. We don't fucking. We're, we're friends. We're. This is not an interview. Stop it. What, what are you talking to? One of your little friend, our podcast friends. This is me. I'm bro. sorry. We're just su- talking. Suplex God in your 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 thing, and I'm You're Chippewa. Supposed to kayfabe that. That's my. That's all right. That's I right. have my, your, my little gimmick. That's your hotel check in name. No, on my. What Dave is speaking of, ladies and gentlemen, there's like a little gimmick for the recording gimmick. That's like a you have a code name. So mine is Suplex God, and Dave's is Chippewa, which we won't get into. So, uh, but I get the joke. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, so the team. You know, and it was. I mean, Paul. Paul's talked about it on his DVD. You know how, like SmackDown, even to this day, which is what's hilarious about like the Fox press release that SmackDown is the 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 top brand in WWE because that's news to everyone that's ever been a SmackDown person for years. You know, like we were, like you and Cole did not call SmackDown pay per view matches up until I think that SummerSlam was when it really. I think we stopped yep, yep. like uh, downgrading you guys to the delight of jr and king yep. you know and you guys and you got to call the main event of that SummerSlam, and it's really interesting because somebody brought up uh, sean grandy who calls the the celtics uh, basketball games he goes this is the first time since brock and rock that i feel like a championship match has felt legitimate legit you know like the, the builds and you your guys call it, it's still one of my that's one of my favorite matches of all time and that's one of my favorite shows of all time cool. so well bro you, you know, went to bat a lot for us you know i want to thank you because you did you went to bat and you know cole and i were at that time were hell bent on getting you know being perceived behind the scenes on that same level as jr and king and you were a big part of helping us with vince and steph with that stuff so uh, yeah, you guys like thanks. people bruce actually covered the show recently on his podcast uh the the vengeance 2003 which was like the first smackdown only pay-per-view like we i remember sitting with you i think you and i wrote the format for heat yeah we did and i think you and i had this idea of big show coming out and beating the hell out of somebody at the end of the thing to try and sell pay-per-views and vince going why would we do that i was like it's taz's idea i pointed towards no i'm kidding um but like <laughs> like we would always we always try stuff yeah, and like yeah. and brian and i like you know brian's Unique, you know what I mean. Brian's got a, a personality that is, and just like I do. But yeah. now you guys, as, all, you Brian and Ed, you got all three, and Jen when she was at. You guys all, obviously Michael Hayes and Paul him when they were writers too. But that, that's well documented because they were always they on camera guys. You know, uh, for you know for years prior, you guys fo- most folks didn't know who the fuck you guys were. But yeah, you guys, there were was no scenes. Twitter, there was yeah, no, no nothing. We were just we were names that people who didn't like us would give to a Wade Keller or a Dave Meltzer to bury us. That was my, that was my job. But, you know, Brian and I would push each other. So, like, when I when, – when it was funny. I was just in Indianapolis, and I, I'm sure when you walk into buildings that you've been to a 100 times, like, you get a flood of memories. And I remember we were, Billy Corgan just played uh, the Indianapolis Fieldhouse, whatever that's called now. And I remember that I was getting pulled in a room, and they said, hey, listen, Paul is um, – Paul, we're, we're going to send Paul home for a while. Can you uh, – can you um, – can you do this? And I, I'd been in the company one year and I was going to be head writer with Bruce of the show. And I remember going, yeah, cause I wanted to try, I was 27 and I said, sure. And, and my number one goal was to just be different than Brian in every way I could, because they didn't need two Bryans. You know what I mean? And like, you were so ready too. you were ready. Yeah. I mean, you might've felt, like, I, but you were, yeah. you were ready. Yeah. And so like the first, I remember going the first week, you know, in the pitch meetings, what people don't remember or don't know is that, 
you know, you, you would go in and pitch segments to Vince. The first week, the first show I pitched, I gave Vince a completed show on pitch day. Mm. And it blew his mind. Yeah. It's like, God damn it, this is great. <laughs> Look at this. It's thought out. And they ripped it up and started fresh. But at least he saw the, the thing. Yeah. And I remember Brian going, you just made my job really hard. Yeah. I said, I, I have to do what I have to do for my show. And, you know, I think he, you know, Brian, and I had a great like two hour talk last, last summer. We were, and like, you know, Brian is so smart. And, and I think, you know, he, anyone that pitches to Vince directly for 15 years should get the purple heart, you know, cause they've been to war. And so like, you know, and we took it personally, like, and I think you and I both could run through all the guys that SmackDown built that raw took over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's fact. You know, and, and because there was less pressure, you know, we could build a John Cena and, you know, there isn't the pressure of Raw and Vince ripping it up. So, like, I was always proud of the stuff we did uh, all the way through. I think I, I, you and I moved to ECW together like a, like bosom buddies in 2006. That ECW thing, the rebirth of ECW. That worked out well, right? Yeah, that was fucking great. Um, No, the, the thing is, though, too, I remember those, obviously, I know you do too, those SmackDown edits and we'd be there, Michael Cole and I, you were there and you didn't even have to be a lot of times and we'd be there sometimes to the wee hours of the morning, two, three o'clock in the morning and a lot of times that's where we'd just spitball and, and, and just you know shoot the shit about different storylines for the upcoming week and because you guys would meet, because we'd have those VO sessions late on Wednesdays, and what usually would meet with Vince, what, on Thursday or Friday? Friday. I have, I have Friday, so I'd love sitting with you guys because I watch the show, and yeah. Chris Argento is hands down the, the funniest person I've ever met in my life. I don't and even he, know he's still there. He is. I no, mean, I actually speak to Chris once in a while. He's a great guy. For those that don't know, Chris Argento is like, he's the main audio technician for WWE programming for years for production and he's got Dave he's got like a he's got like four or five guys under him now like he's really you know you know I don't have to put him over yeah. you you know how good he is yeah he's a great yeah, guy. He, but he's hilarious he like he, he had is. the greatest sense of humor so like he made it easy and it helped me kind of formulate ideas because you guys you guys are good and you know I, I haven't talked to Cole literally since I left the company and that's fine that's how it works but, that's you how know, it works yeah, yeah. and that's and, and it's more than fine you know and you know what we always would I would walk out with at least two or three good ideas that I would put into sort of the, the growth of ideas. And what people don't know is, I mean, like the team for a while for SmackDown was just me. Cause Bruce would, Bruce would get sent home to for a while, which right, he doesn't right. talk about on his podcast. Right, um, right. Like, there's gaps in his memory, which creates like, I don't remember that. Yeah. Cause you weren't there, which is fine. You know, every, uh, anytime one of the older guys got sent home, like Ed Koskier, I would have to pick up the, would pick up the slack and we would have to do it. So many times SmackDown, I remember Vince going, this is the worst written show ever. I said, okay, well, look at the team. I said, who's on my team? He goes, it's you and um, Pants. I'm like, no, but in the, remember Pants? I remember uh, Pants. Pantalonis, Ypsilitis. But the team was like me and Pants. pants. I remember and then over on Raw, it was Brian, Ed, Michael Hayes, and this person. Oh, yeah. I'm like, no, there's was... five guys on Raw, and it's just me. Lagana. That was that. Yeah, it's just me. And you're like, and you hate me. I said to him, you hate me. I don't know what you're He's like, you're the least creative person on the team. I said, and yet here I am. What are you doing? So um, yeah, sometimes Vince would look at you like in production meetings. Uh, he just, I, you can't describe the look, Dave. Like he'd have that look on his face. Like, why do I pay this guy to even be around me? <laughs> but he liked and me. And I the same question. Yeah, that's why you were there for so many years. He respected Yeah, because I wouldn't, I mean, I, I don't know if you remember when Alex Greenfield took over. I do. Uh, I don't, I, and like I, I said to Stephanie, I said, this isn't going to last. She's like, well, you're just upset. I said, no, I'm being honest. I said, Alex's personality cannot handle Vince. And he even talks about it. Yeah. He just, you know, he was very combative and understood 
he didn't understand his he didn't understand his role to be the Tom McGee, not Tom McGee. I'm trying to think of like a jobber's name. Tom like that, your your job is to like to, to to make Vince look good. He didn't get it. You you know, but you I've witnessed it. My own eyes. Yeah. I witnessed it in meetings. I witnessed it on the plane. You had, and so did Brian. Both you guys had a special patience with Vince. Brian yeah. would lose his cool a little quicker than you. Koski kept his patience, but he, you know you yeah. could see he'd just get red. But you were cool, man. You would never I'd never seen you get hot at anybody in power there. And you know, in as far as buck and story ideas and stuff like that, or if they shoot you guys down, you always kept a very cool exterior. I witnessed it. Well and it's just I, I believe in Matt you can't match somebody's energy. If Vince is yelling in your face, what am I gonna yell back? <laughs> One he he punched me. That's what he told me the day the, the day that I did the, the skit with him. He goes I'm going to get up, and if you don't move, I'll make you move. No problem. Everyone's like, what was that dive out of the ring? I said, he said he was going to hit me, so I got out of the ring. So, oh, um, and, you know, and, and Vince is, you know, I have nothing bad to say about him. Because here's a few things I know about Vince. He took the company from $3 billion to $9 billion in one year. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he's pretty good. So, yeah. for everyone who hates on the Roman Reigns booking, uh, show, me the, show me what you've you've. Uh, tripled in one year in your business and i learned more from him than anybody because by the way he took he built that from he he had the patience and he deals with the most carny of carnies for all of these years how do you not respect somebody that puts up with all of us Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right that's a good point yeah, and he, he and, and you, can't, you can't match his work at like people just don't understand his work ethic. And you know, you work closer. Any writer like yourself, uh, especially during those years, work closer with him. Um, you know, when you're a wrestler, as you know, you don't work closely with him unless you're an ultra top guy. But as an announcer, I work closely with him, and so did Cole, so did King, so did JR and JBL and whatnot. But uh, the writers, you guys, for sure, are the closest working with him on a daily basis. So uh, it's a masterclass. Yeah. It's a masterclass in the business. And back then, I mean, there were days it was just me and him alone, or me and somebody else, and Stephanie or whoever. But like you, would, I, I would have paid to work there at that time. Think about it. Like to have that much, uh, like that class. Like I paid a hundred grand to go to college, and I didn't get one tenth. One one hundredth of the education I got working for him, yeah. And I, I read a lot of people say a lot of negative stuff about him, like he's out of touch. Okay, show, show me your business. Yeah, show me what you built. <laughs> he's insane. Yeah, but everybody's insane. The, the, I said something to somebody the other day. It's like the greatest characters have flaws they need to overcome, and the, even the best stories are the ones that are overcoming it. And Vince's story is spectacular because he's been fighting a world that has told him he couldn't do it. And I think the end of this story, and I have no, by the way, I have no inside information, is him selling the company to a giant media conglomerate for $10, million, $10 billion. See, I, I think that's the I end of the story. I don't picture him doing that. I, I just I do. think he wants to keep it family, family. I, really, I'm shocked to hear you say that. It's, it's, my, it's my guess. And I have, I, I'm going but reading the tea leaves, which I don't even know what that means. But I, know, it's, I hate it's a that saying. fucking cliche. People say well, that Oh, by the way, time. there's a, some terrible reality show I watched uh, the other day when I had kind of decompressed where there's a woman actually reading tea leaves. And I was like, this is what it is. That's stupid. You so I've got to say tea leaves. Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah. Uh, but I think he I think the way it's gone, I think he's gonna want to sell and he's gonna want to focus on the XFL for the last couple of years. Yeah. Just yeah. my guess. And I and I may be wrong, but uh and, and don't worry, people are not shy about telling me when I'm wrong. <laughs> uh like, like when we bought the NWA and um, you know, well, it, uh, Yeah, well that that it. I might have been now when you guys that's that's great. I'm glad you brought up the NWA. that's what we want to talk about. It's called a pivot, as a pivot. All right, don't get hot. Uh it's a perfect 
perfect segue. And so, okay, you and Billy Corgan and and well, Lightning One, obviously, and and yeah. you're the VP of NWA and Lightning One, which and yes. you partnered up with Billy. Now, look, I've I think I met Billy during maybe towards the late ends of ECW. I don't remember if I've ever met him, and he's a pretty big star. You know, obviously, as a you know, smashing pumpkins and whatnot. I think I would remember, but my brain, I don't remember everything. But I do. He's really tall. I think you'd remember. Everybody's tall around me. But the thing is, like when I know I was out of TNA at that time. I, I, well, this is when I left and I started doing my podcast full and I started doing my daily you know, streaming radio show with CBS. And I know when uh, I wasn't paying attention much to what everything was going on with TNA at that time, to be frank. But I do know you were. You, it kind of was like a. I don't. We'd have to get to the whole split of what happened and this and that because I know there's a lot, probably a shitload of minutia in there. We don't need to get into that. But I know for a while, like I was the stuff I was hearing. I I didn't think what you and Billy were doing, and I didn't was going to work. And then the NWA thing, I just didn't think. I got to say, I probably said some stuff on here where I was like, I didn't agree with it or whatever. So I'm being honest. I probably did. I don't remember what I said. It wasn't. I'm not. Like when I say something critical, it's uh, I critique. I don't like even with WWE. I'll put them over sometimes for programming and some of their programming. I will rip a little bit, but I'm not like disrespectful. I don't rip people. I don't say, "Oh, that guy, you know, should have, you know, done this better." Or that promo she cut sucked, and she's got. I don't. That's not my style. So, and I always give put a qualifier on any writing team because I explain to the audience that. It's, a, it's an extremely, insanely difficult job for the amount of writing that you're writing every single week, 51 weeks a year. And as you know, being coming from the Hollywood world, it's not like that in Hollywood, right? <laughs> you get 13 no. weeks. Oh, Jesus Christ. There, we, have, we have off weeks. There's catering. Right. There's right. guys. Like There's, exactly. there's masseuses. Masseuses. There's all sorts of there's acupuncture, all sorts of shit. But so now bring us to that thing when you guys got out of the TNA thing and that whole craziness. And segued into the NWA, and and what what was Billy's decision and yours? How did that all happen? So so the, I'll give the uh, quick version of the TNA story. So um, our good friend Dixie Carter had gotten the company in a pickle, uh, a couple pickles, and you know she had needed someone to help jar, sort of uh, a jar. Of yeah, let's be honest. There, there, it was a case of pickles um, that she had sold for that same case to four people. But um, anyway, so for, from. I think it was June of that year. So whatever anniversary through October, the end of October, Billy Corgan paid the salary of everybody in that company. Mm. And wow. he kept that place afloat because Dean Broadhead and had basically, they, they just, they had, they, they got themselves in the pickles. Uh, so Billy came in and, and each taping he funded, he paid everyone's mortgage. He paid this, he paid that. And the term we use is game of Thrones. As soon as Billy started to pay it, I remember a certain person uh, going up to Billy after he literally is paying that person's salary. He's like, well, you need to do it our way. Mm. And Billy goes, if doing it your way got me to have to pay your salary, why would I do it your way? And it was real ugly. And boy, uh, Billy said it. And I like it is the it is the stranger than fiction story that people need to hear. And people that you and I both know, okay. it was like they stab each other in the back. I'm like, he is paying your salary right now. Like, like maybe just not stab him in front of him. You know what I mean? Like it was an amazing story and like, and it was, uh, it was so dumb. And again, you know me, I don't get super upset. I'm watching this going and Billy is one of the most genuine people and he gets painted with a bad rap by the media. And I've spent more time with Billy than anyone else in the last three years. 
he was genuinely trying to help the boys in the business. I mean, he was, here's a guy that literally legitimately sold out Madison Square Garden a month ago with a $1.3 million house and $15 a head in merch. He's in the corner shooting a pre-tape with a bis in the, at three o'clock in the morning because he was so passionate about it. And everybody else was too busy picking sides for a war that never came. And so when he got fired, I had the decision. I'm like, I don't want to work here. I don't want to work with these people that literally were cutting their nose off to spite their face. Right, right. And I've been through I've been through companies being purchased, and I know how it goes. And I left going, you know what? I'll do anything but this right now. I'd rather go start something new. Right. And then everybody that stabbed in the back one by one, they got their salaries cut and they got let go by the company. And it was disappointing, but it, it was what happened. Yeah. So Billy and I took a month. We actually met with Ring of Honor three weeks after we left. You know, Joe Coff. He's like, "What do you guys want to do?" Right. And we laid out exactly what we did. Now we didn't have the NWA, but we wanted to do what we did well. We want to work with talents and get them over and produce content. And what people don't know is everyone's like, "Oh, you're just a writer." But in 2016, when TNA started to crater. I took up shooting and editing again, and I learned how to basically produce content because, as you know, making a podcast every day, and I've talked to you about this, yep. video is super key in this world. And, you know, after after Billy, we went on a road trip, I made 30 documentaries in 30 days. That's basically 10 pounds of gold, but it was just Billy and an INRV and Josephus. I don't know if you remember Josephus. I do. Uh, I Billy, do, actually. Yeah, not, yeah. yeah Billy's, yep. Billy's friend. And we traveled the country, and we I, I, t- I made a video every day on the road, and it was like, this is possible. Why don't we do this instead of just running a TV taping and you burning $1.8 million for no reason? Mm. If I told you the number and I'll text it to you after what we've spent this year, it would make your head spin. I mean, it was like your catering bill. So (laughs) stiff shot in the Johnson Jones. Um, Listen, I got to tell you, as of recent, I've been checking out the NWA YouTube page, right? So you basically, it seems like you're one of the main, obviously uh, video. I'm the only one. Okay, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, cool. I do it all. You do a great I, job. So literally, this at all then was the first the first time I hired uh, external camera people. Bro, so. I'm uh, you know me well enough. I, we know each other. I'm not, I don't kiss nobody's ass, bro. I love it. You do a phenomenal job. I didn't know you were this good as an editor. The fucking YouTube. Listen, anybody out there, you're a wrestling fan. If you listen to my shit right here, go and subscribe. I know I don't subscribe to a lot of shit on YouTube, and I subscribe to your fucking channel, Dave. Okay, so tell Billy that yeah. too. So it's, I'll, I'll make sure I'll put it in the notes. I put that in the notes. Uh, NWA, and that's it. You you can't miss it. The logos in there. It's black and white, simple. But you do a great job, dude. Seriously, right now you're on a cusp of about fifty thousand subscribers, I believe. Correct? Yep. We were. By the way, when we got the company, we were handed nothing. The 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 fine carnies that held the company, and I sent a tweet out today. It, it was, you know, and, and you actually wrestled in the NWA in various parts of your career. Right. Yep. It was the story of this company is so fascinating, and we're not going to hide from it. We had guys hold us up with belts. I'm the champion of Grace. You need to, you need to book a show and pay me X and guarantee me three bookings after to get this belt back. No, here's a legal piece of paper that's our title. Send it back now, or it'll be a fifty thousand dollar lawsuit. Your move. Guess when the belt came back? Yeah, the, the next day. Next day, yeah, I was gonna say that. One guy, I, I told one guy, literally t- switched the belt out for a replica, and we found out. And I had, I have this on video. I had to get the police to go with me to get it back. And he told the police, "Oh, they want that belt back." <laughs> so um, it is amazing the the level of carny. And by the way, all these people didn't they 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 crapped on what Billy and I wanted to do. And guess how many have reached out since? 
Oh, I'd love to work with you guys. Shitload. Now. Yeah, probably shitload. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm but sure. But anyway, so um, well, it's funny that you talked about the logo. I'm sorry, continue. You, got you talked about the logo. Like when we bought the company, the logo was in color. Right. Our first decision was to go to the black and white logo. Nice. Just because it's different. And I know you're a big graphic design guy and you, you understand branding probably Thank better you. than anybody. Thank you. We wanted to show a complete change and it was actually our homage to old school. And the black and white, it just it's like the Raiders logo. It cuts. It really so. works perfect. And and look, I'm everybody out there who downloaded this, I'm telling you, go and subscribe or at least just watch one, watch one. of those end of Watch one and you want to watch more. Dude, I was hooked. I, I was gonna watch I, I got hooked because um I remember what got what got me over there was something with all in before the all in event, maybe a couple of days prior. And I jumped over there, and I, I did. I found more out about Tim Storm, who was the NWA champion before Mag. I still call him Magnus, but Nick Fine. got it, you know. And uh, I didn't know much about him. And I, him and I, Tim Storm, around the same age. I'm not sure if we ever crossed paths. G- give me a little background, on him, bro, and like how that happened when you guys came aboard. And Tim, so you guys put the title on him. I, part of my ignorance. No, so so this is. So when we bought the company, there were seven champions, um, and the only one that still technically has the belt is Jazz. And you know Jazz, and I, I, I'm afraid to ask her for the belt. Yeah, don't honestly, don't mess with Jazz. Up. Leave. She's a um, great girl. And actually, it's, I actually shot content with Jazz, and we'll roll it out when the time is right. She's a shoot prison guard. I went into prison with Jazz, <laughs> and I have her uh, like cuffing dudes and like. Don't mess with jazz. Dude, but, she don't play games. Yeah, yeah, old oh, no. business, yeah. And Rodney, she's still married to Rodney, and Rodney will kick the crap give, out of you. Give my regards if you talk to them. They're both oh, yeah. really good people. So, so we had all these champions, and so uh, legitimately five of the seven champions gave us hassles. Mm. Uh, two guys went and did jobs on somebody's TV as our champions that oh, didn't tell us. Yeah. Like It was just like – and I called all of them and said, hey, listen, you're representing our company now until October 1st. Be smart about it. And none of them were. One guy wanted to wrestle Tim and have a screw job to lose his. It was just, it was dumb. Right. There was a point that a person that both you and I know um, called Tim and offered him 25 grand to drop, drop the belt to some other guy. Mm. And Tim, I found out about it and I called Tim and I said, listen, I can't stop you from taking that 25 grand. Right. You're an independent contractor. You're not under contract. You are our champion. I said, legally, you're in a weird position here. Um, I don't want to, you know, and he's like, whatever you want. I like, I had a long conversation and, and he showed what kind of man he was. So wait, so said, in essence, he turned down basically that 25 grand, 25 grand. Wow. Yeah. Very impressive. Yeah. And, and cause he, I had a long conversation with him about what Billy and I wanted and he trusted us. I told him, I said, listen, you'll be treated with the same reverence as Harley race. I said, I'm not bringing you to our first TV taping to beat you for the title. I said, your story deserves to be, t- once I learned his stories, 53, shoot school teacher yeah been in the business you know had his first nwa title match at 1996 against dan severin he had where, pictures where, they, where is he from like where did he break in what's his uh arkansas he's from he's from uh, uh pine bluff arkansas oh. and like he worked with dave marquez back then and there's tape of his first tv match against butch reed and butch beats the hell out of him it's actually Wait, an episode two. Who, who beat the hell out of him butch reed oh butch reed okay, uh, okay. yep yeah so uh and it, i have footage of it and once I found all this, and, you, and he doesn't look anything the same. He actually wrestled Viscera on an episode of ECW when we were doing it. Really? He doesn't look the same. Like, he, he got himself in phenomenal shape. Oh, and the great story physique. that I yeah, decided. Yeah, he looks, he looks great for sure. Yeah. 50, for 53, God, he looks, he looks great for. He looks great. Yeah. And he changed his life. And 
the the story I, I the way I described him when he was champion, I said, imagine if Rocky would have started and he was already champion, mm. but he was still the guy like working an everyday job. And it actually, to me, it was the perfect allegory. Um, you can look that one up. I don't I even know, know what it means. Please, I'm a fucking wordsmith. Stop. Yeah allegory uh for the brand here's this old guy that ev- no one knew or everyone made fun of and he's our champion so it, it's what led us to me calling all this because i wanted him to beat somebody that people knew now hold on now, called- he held that title right now nick uh, uh tim storm had that thing for like over oh, like 420 430 days or something like that he had it for a year before we got the company so and so you got it okay okay and and our, our whoever was going to be the guy to beat him i had to get tim over you know that oh, like that's you can't the just- key that's the key yeah of course so we got tim so over that everyone thought we were bringing Nick Alderson to beat him the first time. The like the first time I called Nick, and he tells the story in various places, was I called him and pitched him exactly what we wanted. I said, I want you to come in and put Tim Storm over. And he went and watched Tim's stuff. And, and I said, I said, Billy wants to do business with you. And he talked to Billy and he and he trusted us. And again, the trust was so important because course, yeah. he didn't have to do it, but he under and you know, a lot of the stuff I, I remember when uh, I think you were there when Magnus Nick Aldis was TNA champion. I did these sit down interviews yeah, with him. I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I said, I want to do that, but I don't want there to be any Russo or anything else around. I right. said, I want to tell your story. I said, and then we'll see where we are. I said, I have no idea where we'll go. So we, we build up this first match that nobody wanted to see. Everyone made jokes. Everybody had a lot of jokes, a lot of hot takes when we, we announced this yeah, match. Nick Ald- yeah. Magnus versus some guy I've never seen. And then the day came, and we we weren't going to live stream it, but there was such demand. We decided on ten minutes' notice to stream it on Facebook, and we gave people ten minutes' notice. Two thousand people watched the match live concurrently on a Facebook page that had ten thousand likes. Wow! And it was just like it was all based upon these videos, and we knew we had something. And you know, Nick proved to be a professional today because Tim will admit he is he is a journeyman wrestler. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he's he is. He is, he is not TV ready. He learned a lot that first day. And, you know, Tim proved what kind of man. He's a professional, never complains. I, he was supposed to come to the, some Hall of Fame thing with me and got stuck in Chicago and literally flew home, didn't complain. You know, like he, um, he is not entitled and he is, he is a great representative of this brand. Like we we decided to bring him to all in because he I deserved saw that it. yeah yeah he deserved it. Like he didn't ask what I was being paid. He said, where do I need to be and when. Yeah. And he was he is a quality human being. And same with Nick Aldis. Nick came in. He was out. He was out of the business. Right. And he was out. And for him to go from literally 11 months ago to being out of the business to being in the most talked about match of the biggest independent show in history based upon his own vision. It was his vision that he would he he visualized. I'm going to take this title and defend it in front of thousands of people. And we thought when we went to China, he defended in front of 3000 people that that was it. And then the Cody thing happened literally at the same time. And then they sold 10,000 tickets. And, you know, we will do anything for Nick Aldis because he believed in us when nobody did. I, mean, I will send you the list of people who told us no. No, I, I as believe far as what and I, I got to tell you, look, I've always been a fan of him. Uh, when I was in TNA calling his stuff as Magnus, he just really, you know, you know, uh, he the, that's a guy. Talk about everybody talks about, and it's true how Kurt Angle obviously gravitated to the business from a physical perspective and got the business right away. Um, you know, years ago, well, that was Nick. He did that in T. Now, when they brought him over, I, I think it was like an American, not American, a glad, whatever the gladiator, so you, UK gladiator. Yeah. Um, 
And he um, and he came over. I, I wasn't in teen at that time. Teen at that time, I know Jarrett brought him over and all that jazz. But he really picked up the business super fast. Look, that guy. I talked. I did a podcast the other day, and I was talking about Nick. He is just, uh, you know, he's a he's a superstar. The way he looks, the way he talks, the way he walks, the way he works, uh, his physique, just he perfect. Perfect for the NWA title. His, perfect for that. And, his, prestige, and, and, you know? and he hates the term throwback, but he's a student of the game. You know, he he, is. he sees himself he like uh, part flair, part this guy, and but he makes it himself. And you know, the British thing doesn't hurt him. You know what I mean? Because no, he, he no, comes off no. and and he you know, but he is he's a thirteen year veteran, and he actually wrestled for three years before he got signed by TNA and over yeah, but in he, the but UK. Dave, as you don't, he really. Got, oh, he matured in the UK, yeah. Oh, I mean, here. He came to, to TNA, yeah, He because at that time, that roster was insane. Like, they had the great yeah. talent that TNA had, and he oh, really, yeah, I mean, Nick got real good quick. And and so for this spot, like, I tried to think of, like, who could do this spot? You know, and there, there, were, there were a bunch of people on the list. You know, Drew Galloway was one, you know, and he, Nick knows this. I did the Galloway documentary back before that WrestleMania, before we even had the NWA. I mean, picture Drew in that role, how great he is, too. Like, yeah. there's a certain guy that can carry a company. Yeah. And, you know, Nick was, well, as soon as Drew was out, because I thought Nick was done with the business. And Billy and I said, well, who else is there that could pull this role off? And I called Nick, and I talked to him, and I said, this is it. We, we're, we want to do Mayweather McGregor. Yeah. And he got it. And, and that's what we did. And he, he visualized it. And that's where he, again, was part of the process. Like, we have a thing. We have a, a communication gimmick, as you would call it, that we all talk about, like a group chat thing called slack which is something that was never cut by anybody in wb uh that, slack. That we, slack i never heard of yeah. that never got cut like slack. A, so we like, all can uh, it's like a little gimmick chat basically yeah it's like uh it's like if dropbox and twitter were private you know what i mean like it allows you to share stuff and conversations and you have oh, little threads dropbox i got it okay yeah yeah so so we use that to communicate and we're all like by the way tim storm everybody that's a part of our group is part of the discussions. Can you imagine if that happened in WWE? Vince was like, all right, let me get on Slack and talk to Funaki about what he wants to do here. Well, it wouldn't happen. But um, I knew you'd pop on Funaki. Um, by the way, I still see Funaki once in a while. I love Funaki. He's the man. He's um, awesome. Yeah, the best. Um, anyway, so like we all communicate and we're all part of it. So like Nick was as much shaping the vision of this as Billy and I. And I think that was what attractive to him because – You've seen a few politicking in, uh, moments in your life. A little um, bit, bro. Those TNA agent meetings, which uh, poor Matt Conway, like oh we used to God. sit across from each other. Like Ugh. it was, it was like going to war. It was like we come out of the meeting going, "What did we just sit through?" Dude, those like, TNA meetings, those agent meetings, bro. Wow. Oof. Everybody got to get their everybody got to get their shit in in that you one. Everybody's got to look good for Dixie and Fish. Oh my so, God. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody's got to get their agenda over. It was and, yeah. And like. So, but anyway, so, you know, everybody like, but there is zero politics, no bad ideas. We'll try it. Like Billy was like, oh, let's try this thing. And we tried. it. He goes, all right, that was a mistake. I shouldn't like he, like he is willing to admit mistakes as opposed to other people who will, who will push through and say, no, this guy's going to work. Right. Just, we, 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 we make it work. And Nick has been so patient. And for like, everyone's talking about the moment when Cody won to me, the moment that, that is the most satisfying is. Here are 10,000 people who a year ago didn't even know the NWA was still a thing, and they're going insane pants for yeah. this moment 
And, and all because of all the work all of us did from Tim. Like, that's why we wanted everyone to share in it. And the only person who didn't get to share in it was poor Billy, who was playing a sold-out concert in San Diego at the same time. That's tremendous. And he didn't get, and he didn't get to feel it. And he's he's footing the bill for all of it. Oh, so, shit, you know. That's funny. He probably but, called but, the finish. He probably you know, he probably had the final decision on who gets the title, I would assume. Yeah. I mean, you, well, we all, we all – What was like for the moment. Well, it was right for the moment. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Like, of course. Cody, I mean, not, obviously, you know, the, his late great dad, the great Dusty Rhodes, obviously, you know, in the NWA history there and his title. But just because what Cody has done, um, not just with the All India, but, you know, the way he's just blew up his brand once he left WWE and was motivated to do it. I talked about that the other day. I remember when he first left WWE and he put out like a tweet with like a fucking checklist of shit he wanted to do to the public. And I'm like, wow, that's a smart son bitch right there. And that was, well, I should, remember that? Yeah. Well, the, well, the list was, so that was 2016. So 2016 when he left, because I, uh, You'll you'll laugh. When the year I started shooting editing again, I had a side job uh, where I used to make videos for a furniture company. Nice. Like I would, I literally would get chairs over like they were Taz. So here's the Taz well, chair. The fucking and, chair sold better than Taz. Well, it was stiff as hell. So um, crowbar wouldn't sell at all. You'd sit and it would just wouldn't move. It wouldn't sell. It, was, it, it would just sit there. <laughs> yeah, it would just sit like it'd be angry all the time. Make you cry in your Mongolian beef. Um, so, like, <laughs> there's loads of inside up. jokes here, loads. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, so I was in Dallas shooting videos for this client. And again, that's, I, I did a lot of side jobs to get myself ready for this, like, like learning how to shoot and edit again so I could be ready for this job. And I went and saw Cody. He had quit a month earlier, and I pitched him this exact idea. I wanted the, with the list. I was like, let me document your list. But instead of putting a documentary out, two years from now and trying to sell it. I said, we do it every week. Right. And he thought about it and he's like, I don't think he could wrap his head around it. And by the way, I, I was going to quit TNA to do it because he, because he, he was like, you came here to pitch me TNA, but you actually just pitched you quitting TNA to go make this with me. I said, I burnt out. I don't want to be here anymore. And this was right around the same time that Billy was investing money. And it was Taz. It was bad there. Yeah. It was real bad. And it was, it's like every year you think it would get, it, it couldn't get any worse. Yeah. Oh, we lost Spike. Oh, we lost DA. Oh, yeah. this guy, Samoa Joe just showed up in NXT. Oh, like it just, you couldn't get, like they found new ways to, to water torture us uh, working there. And, and yet we're all defending this company like a bunch of, uh, was it Stockholm Syndrome? There's a whole thing there. So uh, it was like water torture. Funny, man. But I still loved it. Like yeah. 2016 was like Conway and I's favorite year because we got, we, did, we just said F it. We're going to have fun. What is, is Matt, is, though, Matt Conway was one of the key riders in TNA for a long yeah. time. Is he still at? What is Matt? No, he, uh, he, he, um, here's the, here, here's the funny part of the TNA story. So uh, his wife was pregnant at the time. Right. She was like seven and a half, eight months pregnant wow. when the day that they fired Billy. Oh, man. And I remember calling him going, hey, I'm not asking you to quit. But I'm quitting. I said, I just can't handle it anymore. I said, I want to go do something else. And he goes, listen, Regina is eight months pregnant. I need the health insurance. And so literally he stayed. And I said, I said, no problem. I said, call Billy. He may want to, you know, he may say, hey, I'll cover the, I'll cover right. the bill. Right. You know, because Billy thought a lot more people were going to walk out when we left. Mm. And nobody did, right. which was fine. Well, because and, you know what, you know, people wanted that. People like security in the business, well, as you know, it's tough to get security. So they had a little security, I guess. You know. Yeah, and so here's 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 the twist on the on the story. So literally, I hang out with Matt's Thursday nights. Uh, 
the, the fine impact show is on Dixie's texting me, asking to get people to tweet. I'm like, literally I'm about to quit your company tomorrow, but sure. Let me keep, let me keep getting people to tweet for you. Uh, make sure that we sell your action figure too. Um, so um, promoting your Twitter. Let's yes. Let's, let's promote your Twitter on the air every episode. Um, but anyway, I don't think she's going to listen. Who knows? You never know. But I who cares? But maybe she listens to everything. She just sits in her house and just listens to your podcast every and, day. And yeah, that that could happen. I don't think so, so. But she does follow me on LinkedIn. But I digress. Okay, uh, she's looking for a job. But there's that. Um, so anyway, so that that Friday, I, I get up. I write my resignation letter. I write one for Big. Write one for Dixie. Write one for Dean. I write one for Ed Dordholm, who was literally named the president of the company that day. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to John's house. I text Conway. I'm like, Hey, I said, no, no issue. I said, I'm just letting you know I'm doing it. So when you see, I had already pre-written a letter that I was going to post the moment I walked out of John's house. Cause you know how that place is. Yep. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't get your story out, you get the spin meisters that, that get their stories out from, from different departments. Yep. So John was like, well, let's wait till Monday. I said, no way, John. I said, I don't, it's not that I don't trust you. I don't trust se- these seven people. And I gave him the list yeah. to put the thing out. So I text Conway before I'm about to walk in. Don't hear from him. And it's very unlike Conway. Like right. we still to this day text every day. Nice. So I'm sitting there quitting to John, having a good discussion. I literally looked down. Regina went into labor a month early. Oh, God, you're kidding. The day like and, and, and he just after the fact, he's like, that was the sign that I needed to quit. You know what I mean? That that God stepped in mm. and, you know, all this stuff. And I mm. hate telling the story for him, but it's 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 so good because it's so he ended up quitting the company. Two months later, he's like, I don't want to be there if you're not there. Because we had we had built this really strong bond through all of our – I had six bosses. Yeah. Do you remember all my bosses? I, I, do, I do. They were all I, your bosses yes, too. Mine and too. And so, <laughs> so we, we – um, you know, he ended up working the last TV to help the transition. And then in typical TNA, they they said, hey, we'll, we'll talk about maybe you freelancing. And they never got back to him. Mm. He ended up going to work for his dad who manages the bad Alabama. And he's now in the music business. Yeah, his dad was, was a uh, huge in the music for years yeah. in the music business. Yeah, yeah. His, his dad actually helped produce the original Double J vignettes. Uh, like he helped set up a lot that. of that. Stuff I think back Matt might have said that, told me that back in yeah. the day. I think so. Yeah, he, so. I think he came in. Me and Mike, remember me and Mike today had the little trailer gimmick. I think he came in yeah. and told us. Yes. Yeah. So. yeah. So we were talking about Mike, Mike and I would talk about Young and the Restless because he loves soap operas. That weirdo. So um, Mike's nuts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so so he, um, you know, Matt's been doing that for the last two years and getting a whole new education into a business, and he's really good at it. Good and, you know, we still talk. And we, we've kicked around doing a podcast because there aren't enough of them. No, you have so, to do, you have to do one on wrestling. That's the key. Yes, yeah, so exactly. Podcast. So I think we're just going to do a podcast where we just talk about what catering was every day of, of just, TNA. You just can. Like each day. Uh, you can do a podcast on that. Uh, or rent a car. Like, or, or buildings. Like, just do... Try to be a little. You know what I do? Like I'm doing this now. I'm over 600 episodes, right? So the yeah. gimmick though with me is I usually don't have guests on. So I usually just yeah. do, mine's more topic driven as opposed to guest driven. So you know, I, every once in a while I do have a guest. Obviously, you're a guest. So I mean, but I, you know, because I didn't want to be like everybody else, and so it's a little bit more topic driven. Or and then the reaction thing got like out of control. Everybody does reaction stuff. So. Yeah. You know, I always I don't really listen to anybody else's stuff. You're the same way. You know, you don't watch a lot of other people's stuff because you don't want to be you want to be innovative, right? And be creative. And that's yeah, I don't I don't Yeah, I don't I don't watch a lot of I, I, I do watch other people's wrestling, but like like I watched the Samoa Joe documentary. Right. It was great. Yeah. But it was not in canon with this with his character. Mm. Like I love that guy. And then the next week he's he's doing the Claire Lynch story with, you know, basically with with AJ and his wife. I'm like that's not the guy I just invested 20 minutes. And that's why 
you know, I, I watch more non wrestling content. That's what like I mean. I, You're not going to be inspired yeah. by something wrestling related no. because you're creating watch, wrestling content. Yeah, I watch Casey Neistat. I watch uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. I watch all these people that are creating in the space. Like YouTube is a, such a unique space, sure. like because it's it's all search based. Like uh, one of the reasons I'm not having a podcast is if I want to search Taz talks about uh, Al Wilson. There's no way to do that in podcast world. I mean, look at Al and look at Dawn. Look at Al. Dawn. By by the way, I was going to go to Billy's Boise, Idaho show simply to see Al Wilson, who's still, I think, alive after he we killed him. Um, And then they can't. And then Billy's show got moved from Boise, Idaho. That would have been my sole reason to go to Boise to see. uh, That was some crazy shit, man. Oh my. Uh, We've done. I mean, I mean that that that's my that's my war wound. Producing Al Wilson in a shower. He's in his clothes. Dawn is naked. In Toronto, I remember we did it live, and you're—I think you're in Cole's call was uh, was amazing. Like, why, I said to Vince, I said, "Why do you want him in his clothes? This would be funny because he's got to go home in wet clothes." I'm like, "Oh my god, what world do I live in?" Uh, Vince McMahon's ribbing a 70 year old man. Oh, and he would love it. Vince loved it. Oh, he loved. Oh, he, oh, he loved Al Wilson. Oh, he and loved him. Oh, my god. I remember begging, like, "Can we hire an actor? He's terrible." And they're like, no, it'll be great. And I had to produce. I remember Brian having to produce the one oh. uh, Halloween thing, and he was Fonzie, and he's supposed to do the A. Yeah. And every time, I remember that. Oh, oh. it was just like I'm like, if he can't do A, he literally can't say a letter. All you have to do, Al, is say A. He said, oh. Brian tapped. I was like, great. This is my cross to bear. I mean, the nude wedding, the the funeral. I mean, it was so much shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I don't even know how we got off. No, we were were talking about the uh, about and obviously NWA and and we were talking about Nick and stuff like that. And we were segueing kind of into all in because like that's the thing. Well, you actually know you were talking about uh, TNA, how it came to an end there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it ended, and so oh, they were about Conway. So somehow we went from Matt Conway to Al Wilson. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, Matt's Matt's. Uh, I trust Matt, man. We like here. Here's the funny part of TNA, and, and you'll know this and understand this. When when the taping ends, everyone goes to the ale house, or depending on which clique you were in, the uh, the, the expensive hotel, yep. and they drink about how great everything was. Well, Matt Conway and I would go back and have to rewrite the show that everyone would then have opinions on at 10 a.m., but we were writing it from 11 p.m. until 4 a.m. Yeah. I used to tweet at the end of every night the time of the fall, and I would put the, what time we finished. And no one ever noticed it, but that was Matt and I's way to always go back and look and say, we worked until this time. Mm. And while everybody else is out having fun and spending somebody else's money, we're actually keeping the lights on as we could. Mm. Uh, so I, I would do anything for Matt Conway because he – like. Like you know, when somebody has your back, of course, like that—that's—that's that's everything. So, Matt's and, a and, great guy. I always got along yeah. great with Matt. I—I—I I, I, I didn't, I didn't work as closely with him like you did, but he, um, you know, I—I I always liked Matt. Just uh, he always came off to me like he just didn't belong in the business though, because he was such a nice guy, very a quality human being. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> very low key. Yeah. Very chill guy, like, and not. Oh, like, he can hit you with a zinger, though. I mean, when I, I, he I know. Would... I, I'm like, why, why, Matt? You're so nice. You don't belong around us, fucking psychos. Yeah. I know, but he I like was always, you. always. He would always wear a towel into the meeting. No, I'm kidding, uh, just to fuck with you. So, <laughs> anyway. uh, oh my but, god. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, so like, like, and I'd love to work with Matt again. So would Billy. You know what I mean? Like, 
and you know, I I would go to war with him. Other people, not so much. Not so much. So not now, so much. okay. So we jump ahead, right? So we go yeah. uh, with all in. Now, obviously, yeah. ultra successful. I I don't know if it was the Bucks or uh, Cody. Somebody put out over eleven thousand people in attendance there in Chicago at the Sears Center, Sears Center, which is awesome. Um, that's sick. That's great. Uh, and virtually, I, I don't want to sit here and say, well, the main event was advertised, but there wasn't a lot of the shit wasn't advertised, which was cool the way they promote it just just every couple of days a graphic on twitter all in with this guy all in with that girl's face all in, you know what i mean which was smart simple not expensive to do but it worked and it created a lot of buzz so kudos to whoever was creatively behind that if it was cody or the bucks whoever it was and uh ring of honor whoever or i'm sure you guys had input too you and billy um the thing is like I, i i was saying this the other day on a podcast on my show um I really think it's not a good thing that Cody won the title, the NWA title. It's a great thing for the NWA as a brand and this new rebirth. We used the word before joking around with ECW, but since you and Billy now in charge running the ship for NWA, it's just it's it's really, really cool. And I was talking about how I bet you if you took an exit poll at a WWE event for you know some younger fans, they wouldn't know what NWA is, and they wouldn't know that AJ Styles is a former NWA champion. You know, they wouldn't know that. But the thing is, I think you got a great opportunity here, as does Cody, as does Billy, as does you, as does the Adam Ray, uh, and whatever you guys are doing with Ring of Honor or whatever, you guys have, a, I think, a really good opportunity to make this title, uh, you know, a pretty it's, – it's, the NWA title, the championship, is needed in the wrestling business, and it's yeah. back. It feels like it's it's been back for a while. Now with this – big event that got a lot of pub it's not a knock on tim storm it's not a knock on nick you know what i'm saying it's just good for the title the um if if it would have only been hey we're gonna book you on all in you're gonna have no access to cody and these guys and it was just good he's gonna win the belt and then you know that it was and i wouldn't have access to cody as champion if it was that we wouldn't have done it but what i've gotten and what what billy has has seen with this was we're just going to tell a story because, again, what you just said about All In, it was graphics and matches. None of the other matches had any storyline buildup. Right. And when we announced the – I still remember when we announced the title match, everyone's like, oh, Magnus versus Cody? Who wants to see that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, it's just going to be whatever. I took it as a personal mission. Same with Nick. Same with Cody. Like, if I to- I've flown 89,000 miles this year doing this series. Wow. Literally, I was home wow. four months in, in August. I flew to, to – Vancouver on three hours notice to get all the Stephen Amell footage that we shot in that dirty warehouse that I somehow I made look good with some bad with some window lighting, mm. um, you know, because I had a I had a six hour window to shoot with Stephen Amell, who's a giant star in, right. in the world. Right. And, you know, and it looked great. And it was part of the story. I went wherever the story went. And Cody gave me access. Same with Nick. You know, I've stayed in Cody's house. You know, Brandy let me interview her father. You know, the, the Dusty's family gave me baby pictures like which pictures have never been used by anybody like and i I listened somebody said this must be a giant f you to wwe who never kind of gave cody this opportunity cody and dustin rhodes never had a chance the wwe title in their combined 25 years in the company jeez i never realized that i did not realize you had a shot you, you had many shots at the wwe title you know so here and it's such an easy story to tell and by the way, we didn't play the Dusty card until the last episode, till the go home. And it wasn't, and, and 
because it, it's not what it was about, but it was definitely the pure emotion. But in reality, the pure emotion was Brandy. And that's why, like, she's great. everyone's talking. She's, oh, she's, she's such awesome. A, such a star. Superstar. You know what I mean? Like, Superstar. Yeah, she really and is. Just, and, and, and I don't know if you saw this part where he, she, he called her Spock. That yeah, is their relationship. I actually did see that. Like, it, was, it was weird, but I did see that. It was very cool. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, and to me, we go with real. And that's real. Their relationship is that. Like, he's the dreamer and she's the logical Dude, not one. Not to sound just corny, happened. but that on on your YouTube channel, on the NWA channel, that that series of 10 pounds of gold. That's what we're talking about, by the way. Yeah. Um, not to sound corny, but, you know, or sappy, but it really, I mean, my wife would love to hear me say this, but you really felt how much he loves his wife, like Cody. Yeah. Like, it really, it, you guys pulled at his... Uh, his being open on camera, the way you shot it, the way it was lit, all that stuff's vital, as you know, um, and the B-roll and whatnot. But, it, dude, it really came off. Like, this This man is truly in love, and that's his best friend. Um, it was very, very cool. Because Dusty isn't alive. Dusty right. wasn't there for the moment. So making it just about Dusty, one, it's not fair to Cody, and two, it's it's exploitive. You know what I mean? Like, like everybody Good knows. Every, I like, respect but, that. I respect that, yes. Yeah, and, and Dust, as you know, Dusty was – a very close friend of mine in his time in WWE. He didn't want to, you didn't notice he didn't travel. He only traveled with me. He didn't like spending time. Like he liked being around the boys, but he didn't like being around the company at times. You know Um, what I mean? Like a lot of times he didn't. Yes. Correct. Because you were in those agent meetings. Yeah. Vince was real hard on him and it, it it broke my heart because he is again, he's like every one of the boys. He has an ego, but he did stuff in the business. And so, you know, I, his passing was real hard on me because he was he was nice to me when he didn't need to be. Yeah, a lot of people were not nice to me, Taz. You saw it. Yeah, you know, a lot of the boys, Bob Holly, were not nice to me. I know, <laughs> you know Bob and I are cool now. But. Yeah, but yeah, but you know, at that time though, we, you know, everybody. Was, I, I'm just speaking on the wrestlers yeah. back then. You know, you you lived in that environment. That's fine. And you know, yeah. boys at that time, when you're in your prime and you're young, and it's that was such a dog eat dog world. Of course, and it was. I, from what I hear, WWE is a little different now, which is yeah, yeah. probably a better environment for the talent. But it was fucking vicious, you know. And a lot of times, you know, anybody from production or maybe the writing team or somebody sometimes would just get snapped at by one of the boys. That would happen. Yeah. And, and you guys, well, that team of you guys, you guys understood that. And it's not that anyone bullied you guys because I don't think that happened. But. Yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, maybe I don't know. Maybe I wasn't around all the time, but but I'm just saying, like you guys were always. It's hard to explain. You guys were, you know, you guys were always chill and always cool. You know, yeah, you really. And were. so for so for Dusty to to like, and again, I had a lot of private time with him, driving and you know, asking story like that meant the world to me. And like w- when my time ended, you know, we remained friends, and we would go out and have lunch in L.A. And he would he would tell me how much like. Like, like it meant to him to see Cody continuing on and upset that this guy got a world title match and this guy got a world title match. So, you know, it was, it was easy to book the match. It's easy to book the emotion, but Cody earned it. Same with Nick earned it. Like that moment was so earned for everybody. And same with Brandy who, you know, Brandy quit WWE before Cody did. Except I know. He yep. just made it public, yep. you yep. know, for this couple to make this leap that like the, well, she was story, getting, you guys told us in 10 pounds ago, Brandy yeah. was getting ready. She's preparing herself to leave WWE. And then all of a sudden it was, a, Cody's like, uh, listen, honey, uh, I'm done. And yeah. she's like, okay, I guess I got to hurry up and be done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, and so, but everybody in that story has been like, that's why, like, again, I've known the young bucks prior to me even being in TNA, you know, and, and 
uh, I think it's in the Ringer story, you know, Matt Jackson talked about his credit card got declined buying a $1.99 chicken biscuit. Mm. Well, I think that was when he was at TNA, although he doesn't say it in the story. Yeah. You know, like there's a point where you reach a point in your career. And by the way, I've seen you do it. I've been through uh, your, your TNA exit where you're just like, I'm not taking it anymore. I'm going to bet on myself. No. And that's what this whole show was. And so when, when Cody and the Bucks sort of felt what Billy and I were doing with this product, and, and by the way, we didn't ask for anything. We, we literally, it wasn't like, we need, we need $2,500 and first class. Like, we didn't ask for a thing. Mm. And we said, we want the opportunity. Let us, let us do this with you because that was the spirit of this show. There were a lot of people that asked for a lot of money for it to be on this show because they didn't understand what it was about. Yeah. And for us, this was, this was a golden opportunity and we seized it and we gave something that, again, a year ago, if I told you Magnus is going to wrestle Cody for the NWA title, you laughed. You laughed. I would. I, this is what I would. I wouldn't think it'd be a, a huge draw, but f- to be honest with you, Dave, from a wrestling perspective, that's what I do here. Like I'll, yeah. I look at like, um, I could feel that in my brain and my former athleticism as a wrestler that those two guys would have really good chemistry. Oh yeah, and, and they did. It's like what I've been saying. Like, uh, like I feel like one day, uh, Hangman Page and Bobby Roode, I think would do great. Oh. No matter where it would be, would do great business together. I, Hangman you know I mean? Page, like, is, you know, as a writer, you guy to watch. Right. What's that? Hangman Hangman Page is the guy to watch. He's tremendous. Of all, He's I tremendous. mean, like, He's great. like he is. He has come into his own the last year and humble and like right human being and like lock that guy up yeah uh, back the brinks truck up for that yeah, guy if he's, you're a, he's, he's money man he's the real deal for sure oh, yeah. I mean, he and, and he's not even and he's not even and he's not even there yet he's that good and he's not even there yet you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy like the talent that's out there and and, and he has a chance to really do something special with his career and that's the th- interesting part with coding the bucks they're doing it themselves and the same with us I'm yep. sitting in my palatial office, which is also our guest room, which is also where my cat sleeps. That you know, that's where the NWA is, and I'm the whole company with Billy. That's the whole company. But that's great, and that's because you're able to be creative. You're not handcuffed. I humbly say I broke out of the business, and I'm very proud to say I'm doing very well with two shows. And you know, I'm proud of that. And 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 you know, it's tough to do that once. And I talk about that a lot, especially when you when you're in a WWE at some point, or let's say at that time, TNA and making full time deal with, with a contract where making more money. You know, we, to break out of that and for to do something on your own in the wrestling industry or out of the industry is not an easy thing to do. So, for what you're doing and Billy doing, I would never would expect that. T, uh, I'm sorry, NWA is starting to. I think you guys are just scratched the surface with NWA. I, mean, it's, I, it's, I think you guys are scary. both smart enough to realize that, you know? It's 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 overwhelming. Like I um that's why I like the moment they're standing face to face and they're doing the Hogan Rock look buzz and the crowd's going nuts. Hmm. I just I, I lost it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm I'm mad enough to say I was crying well, like a child. Yeah, no, it's, and it's a lot of people of it. were. Yeah, it's awesome. And and because we, we got something that was that that Deadspin said dead brand. Yeah. You know, like good point. It, like good point. and it was just and, and we all worked hard to make it important without like pandering to the audience and like all of this stuff, because we wanted, we wanted, I, the, I think you'll understand when you watch 10 pounds of gold, that's how I've seen the business for years. These are the people I've known and the, like the stories that I've seen. And I think that's, and by the way, nobody else is doing it. Everybody else is still doing the 1997 pro wrestling format, yeah. which was innovative in 1997, but it's 20 years old. I know. It's Kids. Played out. You say kids don't know what the NWA is. 
why it's why we picked YouTube. The average viewer age of Correct. ten pounds of gold is twenty five years old. There you go. There you go. You're because smarting it, them off. You're teaching them, and yes. and then you're rebranding. It's a it's a brand that was dead that you're bringing to life. What's the so for you and and Billy, right? So enlightening one, like what, Dave? What's the end goal? Like what? Not the end goal. Like what? There's got to be. I'm sure there's a bigger picture here for the end of the way. Like what? I, maybe you can't share it, but what what, what can you share? The idea is to take what we're doing and scale it up. So, for example, we have not here we are a year in we have not run one show yeah not one Tremendous. i mean like everyone's like well how uh, you have to have tv why yeah you have to run shows why like like there are people taz uh, 10 years ago if i would have told you a girl could be famous for her butt and literally that's it and have 16 million followers that would be literally buy anything she said you would say that's insane and never right. could happen course, yeah. you don't have to be a tradition brad pitt isn't a celebrity anymore. Uh, Kim Kardashian is a celebrity. Right. And like that people don't understand, like people are into following people's stories. So for us, this is a story and we'll tell it in any platform, but I think everybody always needs the payoff. We always will do peak events. So if we run four big shows a year, but entertain you with a 10 pounds of gold or this series or that story, in various different ways. That's how people digest content. Right. Right people now you're content. and the beauty of what you're doing, bro, and I fucking get it, is those those are like 15, 20 minute clips. Yes. That's what they and, are. And, uh, the series. Our average watch time, like so the, the so the last one, that 20 minute one. Yeah. The average watch time from every person who hit the play button, the average watch time was twelve minutes. Yep. There you go. That is insane. You ask anybody that makes a YouTube video, that means people are watching all the way through like that is that is insanity. Like yeah. that the people commit to something that we made and care about it. Like it just proves that if you invest in yourself, like you know, you you get your feedback on your audience. Absolutely. If nobody wrote yeah. back to you, you'd be like, wait, they're paying me. Like right. you you have a, a, an audience that is passionate about your product. Correct. Like yeah, that I'm is the key. So yeah. for us, it's scaling it. So we're running our first event October twenty first in Nashville to be at the Sweet. fairgrounds. Yep, yep. We're going to honor the seventieth anniversary of this company. Seventy years. I mean, this company is almost as old as Mike today. Um, I'm going to hold Mike because he might be sad. Mike, just, poor Mike, poor Mike. I know, poor Mike. I love well, Mike. apparently, like, I asked Mike to call the NWA title match. I'm not and surprised. I, he, and I know what he said. He said, well, I appreciate it, Dave, but you know, yeah. I'm laying low right now. Yeah, it's fine. So it's all good. And he was, he, was, he lays he was, low. Dude, it would have been awesome I, for him to come call that. Wow, I yeah. didn't know you did that. I didn't know that. Yeah, that so, was, like, yeah. so, so, Mike, I mean, I, I mean, he, it may have been too early in the day. My dad had dinner. <laughs> Mike. So anyway, Mike's but like, I love Mike. Yeah. So like, this we're we're going to celebrate the seventy years of the company, and you know, but it's it's going to be. I think uh, we have no aspersion. We're not we're not selling this will be all in, but it'll be it'll be a it'll be a old school wrestling show. That's what we want because I guess what it's an old school brand, but with new school values. Yeah, yeah. That's I love that. That's that tells the story right there, brother. And look, man, uh, got to have you back on again down the road here. And I'm looking forward to just keep watching uh, Ten Pounds of Gold and the series that you're doing on YouTube and and everything that you guys are doing NWA. And give my regards to Billy. And uh, and when you talk to Matt Conway, also please say hello for me, please, if you don't mind, bro. But I I do appreciate you uh, jumping on, dude. Seriously. Thank you, Taz. Yeah, man. And uh, we'll do it again real soon. And you know what? Uh, remember, if I was ever mean to you, Dave, it was always, always from a place of love, my friend. You understand? It was never. I'll tell that to my Mongolian. No. <laughs> I left my heart in the city. 
People are like, what is with this Mongolian beef? Uh, we used to get a lot of takeout. That's what you need to know. And we were working in the studio a lot. <laughs> All right, listen, guys, uh, I appreciate you jumping on. And, Dave, thank you again, brother. Thanks, Taz. All right. Guys, listen, thanks for downloading this episode of The Taz Show. A special thanks to the NWA, obviously, Lightning One and Dave Lugana. So, talk to you guys soon. I'm Taz. You're not. Adios. And to be honest, I don't even have a top ten. Me against the world, I've been doing what I really love. Haters been hiding behind the screen, man, they movie cuts. And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same. Cause we've been doing our own thing, trying to stay up. I want to go back to days with no grades. We ordered the kids meal, play ball, that's all day now. I'm stuck looking at this Instagram page. But these likes on my picture don't result in getting paid. Now, I've been wondering where the party at, cause all of my concerns got me wondering where they got the Bacardi at, to go and pour another drink just to get away, we gotta live it up, Carolina here to stay, I'm hoping I won't.